We here at KUCI just want to let you know that some of the material heard here may be deemed inappropriate for some listeners. If you feel you may be offended, please tune out now. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. Good evening and welcome to the chat room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're broadcasting live from the University of California campus in Irvine, streaming live on the web at KUCI.org and always available to you via podcast. Feel, yeah, feel free to visit www.KUCI.org slash talk. Scroll down to our show, The Chat Room, and click on the link to access our podcasts or any other podcasts. This is a new semester here at uh, UCI, and uh, our schedule has changed, so I am, uh, I am still with you with The Chat Room. Uh, Marie Stone, but joining us is uh, Elizabeth Zero and uh, Nathan Tang. They are our new hosts uh, this quarter, and uh, sadly, Lady Q is gone. But uh, but we are keeping the chat room going. We're here every week, Wednesday morning or Wednesday mornings. We have Friday evenings. It's not Wednesday morning at all. It's Friday evenings at five o'clock every week. And uh, joining me in the studio is uh, is Elizabeth Zero, Nathan Tang. I'm gonna give them a little chance to introduce themselves. Hey guys. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey. Hello. All right. <laughs> so uh, so before we kick off the quarter here, so everybody knows who's behind the mic. Why don't you? Uh, can you guys introduce yourself just a little bit? Tell us a little bit about yourself, Elizabeth. All right. I will. My name is Elizabeth Zero, and. Um, Gosh, a little bit about me. Well, I host another show here on Wednesdays called Zero Talk at 4.30 p.m. And awesome. Yeah, awesome. thank you. And, um, well, I am. I have a lot of experience in the relationship department, so maybe I can give my credentials for that. Yeah. I was married for 19 years and then didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that right there is a massive credential. But... <laughs> I did a lot of work on myself, read a lot of self-help relationship books, and uh, I met a new guy, and I've been married to him. That's Mr. Zero for the last two years. Hi, honey. I love it. And um, I have two adult children, one who's, uh, my son is 23 and my daughter's 21, so I have lots of experience raising children and having those kinds of relationships. And, um, you know, I think that's about it. That's good. I've been there. I've done that. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm doing this. Now you're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Nathan. Hi, everybody. My name is Nathan Tang. I as well do host another show by the name of Hippocrates Now, uh, Thursday mornings from 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. I myself am a first-year winter quarter biology major. I, in terms of relationships, know close to nothing, but (laughs) perfectly, I can represent the archetype for those who don't know much about relationships. So there we go. We can um, yell at you. Yay. Yeah, that's fine with me. <laughs> Teach you. Please do. And you're a man. We like that. Oh. We love that in the chat We love room. that. We love man. Thank you. He's a cute man, too. He's, He's I can't, I mean, man. you know, for a young person. That's what's helping him out to be cute, too. Yes. 19-year-old young man. <laughs> I know. How did we get so lucky? I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. We scheduled it this way. That's how. Yeah, how did I get this lucky? Well, I put mm. me on the schedule at the same <laughs> and picked two amazing people to be with me. Exactly, Yay. exactly. Nice, nice. Well, we uh, we are taking your calls this evening. Uh, our number here at KUCI is 949-824-5824-949, UCI, KUCI. You can always email at us at thechatroom at KUCI.org. That has been our email address for the past quarter. And uh, Elizabeth, why don't you lead us into the topic we're talking about tonight? Well, the topic that we discussed that we thought would be um, a great way to start off um, this new uh wonderful chat room group is ways in which we undermine our relationships with our significant others. So I know you guys have never done that. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? There was what? Huh? Um, Yeah. You know, there's actually a lot of different ways we undermine relationships. And um, one of them is uh, a thing called gaslighting. Have you guys ever heard of that? Not until you start talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. Not too familiar either. (laughs) Yeah, well, when I first 
heard of it, I thought something little boys do at camp, but <laughs> I was like, that's incorrect. Actually, um, after you were telling me about it, I was like, is that wrong to do in a relationship? So this is probably, <laughs> this is probably good for me. <laughs> I know, exactly. I definitely, well, yeah, I need to be reminded of all these topics. Gaslighting is something that happens when you have um, expressed frustration, sadness, or anger over someone's poor behavior. And that person responds with a remark like, calm down. You're overreacting. As just joking, stop freaking out. You're crazy. <laughs> it's like I do that all the time. I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get that and I do that all the time as well. So give us a call. So if, if anyone has ever um, done that to you or you do that to someone else and you want to out them, <laughs> we're taking your calls at 949-824-5824. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to say, so we were, we were chatting about this. I thought it was so funny that you said how much you, you hate that you do this. Or I mean, I'm, how much you hate it when it's done to you, and then you realize that you do it all the time. Well, no, I didn't realize I do it all the time. I was talking to my husband about this topic and explaining it like, oh, yeah, you know, this is this really, you know, thing that's been done to me my whole life. And he looked at me and he said, you do that to me all the time. And I I thought about it and I thought, yeah, I do do it to him. And it's, I think what happened is, is it's something that, you know, from the time you're a little, well, from the time I was a little girl, I was told, shut up or you're stupid or crazy or I'm just kidding. Don't be so sensitive. You know, when as a young woman, I would express my feelings of frustration, especially I think towards my dad, who's not necessarily the most emotional person on the planet, but nonetheless, very wonderful. But, um, but, um, you know, so I would express those feelings and be told that, and it's sort of something we learned. And then, especially as women, I think we do it to each other a lot. Yeah. And sort of that passive-aggressive, you know, I was just kidding. Yeah. You know. Totally. I totally do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you say something, and then you don't want it to be taken the wrong way, so you back off from it, and you're like, oh, you know, I was just kidding. Sorry. I yeah. I reacting. Or <laughs> another ty- thing people do is um, women will, like, you know, they'll say something like, you're late, like in an email, but then they'll put winky face, you yeah. know, because they can't own their, I their totally anger. Right. <laughs> Has it ever happened to you, Nathan? You know, if I think back, I think it happens on a daily basis, especially in high school, um, where kids don't really think about how they say things to other people. So, yeah, it does happen a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kids are cruel. Yeah. <laughs> I hated totally. high school. Say that again. Yeah, <sighs> totally. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't kind of know how to interact with people. You don't know. You're so self-centered, I think, at that age. I mean, that's sort of a mean thing to say. But you are <laughs> so kind of self-absorbed. That's your job at that age mm-hmm. that you don't really realize how you're being taken by other people. You don't see yourself outside of your own body to realize how you're coming across to other people, I don't think. Yeah, you don't. But what gaslighting is, is it's, it's, it's uh, intended to shut you down, and it's emotional manipulation. Um, the, I, I got this article from an author. His name is Yashar Ali, and he writes for an online publication titled The Current Conscience and recently pub- published an article in the Huffington Post online in December of 2011 titled A Message to Women from a Man, You're Not Crazy. He writes, Gaslighting is the sort of emotional manipulation that feeds an epidemic in our country, an epidemic that defines women as crazy, irrationally, Overly sensitive and unhinged. <laughs> I am a little unhinged. <laughs> I know. I was like reading that and I'm like, whoa, but dog. <laughs> Is there something wrong with that? <laughs> I know. I'm like, that's my, that's my out. Like, I'm sorry. I did that. I'm emotionally. <laughs> I'm a, I, yeah, right. I'm a female. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So uh, do you guys want to know where the, where the whole name came from or why they bothered to even call it gaslighting? I'd love to. Show the little trivia. Gaslighting um, was often used by mental health professionals to describe manipulative behavior because it was derived from the uh, MGM, the 1944 MGM film Gaslight starring Ingrid Bergman. Um, Her husband was played by Charles Boyer and he wanted to get his hands on her jewelry. So he decided to make the gaslights flicker. And then when she said, you know, why are the lights flickering? He was like, I don't know. You're crazy. (laughs) So then she slowly went insane so he could get her committed. So that was mean. That's an intentional form of gaslighting. But there's a lot of unintentional 
ways that we do it. This totally reminds me, it's, it's sort of off topic, but sort of related that as I was researching for another show, actually, there was this woman whose um, roommate had stolen her guy. And so to get back at her, she slowly shrunk all of her clothes. Like she would put all of her clothes in. She's like, I think I'm going crazy. And she's like, yeah, I think you're getting weight. <laughs> so that's not even passive aggressive it's just aggressive but yeah that's it oh my gosh that took like some serious planning it's like physical gaslighting i don't know what that is but yeah yeah slowly shrinking somebody's wardrobe to make them feel like they're getting fatter that, that that's awesome. really <laughs> that's beyond it's beyond gaslighting yeah <laughs> i've been cheated on i've been lied to i've been like but if you shrunk my clothes i will kill you <laughs> in small increments i thought that was brilliant that's really written uh, that's revenge that's spite i love that <laughs> <laughs> okay note to self <laughs> do my own laundry don't, don't let, let her maria hear. yeah <laughs> um so let's see where are we well then the um, the person reacts to the gaslighter and makes them uncomfortable and insecure by behaving as if their feelings aren't rational or normal. Gaslighting can be as simple as someone smiling and saying, you're so sensitive. Um, a comment like that seems innocuous, but at the moment, the speaker is making a judgment about how someone else sh- should feel. So I this really empowered me a lot, personally. You know what totally irritates me about this is that if you if you dissect the sentence and you read it back to the person, they could defend themselves. Like, they didn't say anything that's, you know, mm-hmm. that you can really call them out on. You know, they sounded right. nice, or, or it was either their gesture, it was the way they said it. But if you, if you called them on it and you read it back to them, you would sound like the crazy person. That's why it's so irritating. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, yeah. It, it yeah. is. There's a couple different examples um, for me. Uh, I was cheated on by someone who I was not ever married to, thank goodness. And <laughs> um, I just had a feeling, and I just—you just know—you have that instinct inside of you. And I said, I, you know, confronted him, and he's like, "No, no, no, you're crazy, you're crazy. You know, you don't even know." And da da da. And I really started to think I was crazy until his girlfriend called <laughs> to apologize <laughs> and say, "Oh, by the way, I'm sorry." And that was. Um, a point in my life that I probably will never get over and never stop talking about because it was a moment in my life when I went, you know what? I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even care about the cheating. It was feel- being led to think that I was crazy was, um, I realized that was worse than anything mm-hmm. that you could do to me, you know? So I think it's important for women to really listen to that inner voice and, and not people in general, if you have that just that feeling inside of you or if you feel that you're being you know spoken to or dealt with in an an improper way um have the courage to speak up speak your mind and don't not you know you don't have to be called you know sensitive or for angry or anything like that amazing yeah so little tidbits of information for y'all um, there's other ways that we, we undermine each other. Can you guys think of any off the top of your head that have happened to you or any personal experiences? You mean besides gaslighting? Yes. Oh, I do this all the time. God, there's so many. Where do you start? <laughs> How do you undermine your relationships? <laughs> well, I, uh, I used to be in a relationship. I think I shared this on another show where it was just good sport to break up with each other all the time. And I think we both sort of got off on that and the, you know, the getting, drama. Yeah, the drama and, oh, we shouldn't be together because, you know, we should, whatever. Anyway, I, I think that was part of it. But it really was just the the way to chip away at the other person by making this ultimate threat. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you over and over. And I don't know why either one of us put up with this, but we did for five years because we did it for a long time. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Just creating unnecessary drama, I think, rather oh, than gosh. talking things out was, was a big... Yeah. Turn on or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. And, of course, it happens when we're younger. And Right. So. You love to do that, don't we you, We like Nathan? that drama. Nathan loves that. I'm sorry? <laughs> do you love the drama? Creating drama with uh Do you love creating drama? Or do you know, do people do this still in, the, in, um, <clears throat> in college, sort of tweak each other or, you know, threaten to leave each other, or just create unnecessary drama to, to get the other person going? You know, I haven't seen it firsthand, but I'm, I'm sure I've been told many, many times before that this always happens. And it's kind of the, uh, I guess, the stereotype of the, the, of, a, 
of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if women do it more than men, but... Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the chat room on KUCI 88.9, streaming on KUCI.org. And we're taking your calls at 949-842-5824. If you want to call up and talk about your relationship or get some amazing advice from some amazing people. Um, Actually, it's 824. Oh, is it 824? 824. 824-5824. UCI, KUCI. 949-824-5824. There you go. Gosh, i got to get that tattooed on my thumb. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of myths that we um, believe, you know, that are generated from the media or from fairy tales or from, you know, an unending source of um, myth you know, <laughs> myth-making, myth-making maker fam- <laughs> factories. Um, one of the myth- myths, number one, is finding Mr. or Mrs. Right. Um, couples who are having problems in their relationships sometimes complain that their partner turned out not to be Mr. or Mrs. Right. However, the majority of these not-the-right-person complaints are rooted in unrealistic expectations. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah God, that's definitely. so true. Yeah. Have you ever been had any unrealistic expectations or just, you know, misunderstood expectations or people have had those for you? No. (laughs) What? (laughs) Um, I think Nathan's got a big smile on his face. Like I do. Oh, I'm just always smiling. (laughs) 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 I can't, can't get it off my face. We love that. That's okay. (laughs) But yeah, I think people have idealistic expectations all the time. And especially when you're looking for Mr. or Mrs. Right. Um, we're kind of fed from the media and a lot of other sources um, how our partner should be or should turn out. Right. Um, but, you know, according to um, my brother's girlfriend, um, the one we eventually end up with is, is the opposite of, of our d- ideal. And I thought about that, and she told me, yeah, you, you know, your brother was the opposite of what I wanted. And I'm like, oh, that's great, you know. <laughs> but, you know. Me too. <laughs> so, I, so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it's true. I think that you think there's going to be this... I, I did read this one book once where it was like finding your soulmate, and there's not necessarily one specific person. Oh, God, I hope not. Yeah. Jeez. No. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of them out there. You just have to have the commitment, I guess. It's it's funny because This American Life did a show on this uh, this group of mathematicians from Yale broke down your your actual odds of meeting somebody. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the Yale... I forget... Where is Yale? It's in New, in uh, New Hampshire. Um, yeah, it's over in those East Hartford, Coast. Hartford, Connecticut, yeah. and the, a yuppie, lot of pretty the trees. yuppie states. <laughs> in any event, the whatever whatever um, town it is. I went to beauty school. <laughs> You're asking me where Harvard is. <laughs> Yale, my niece is at Yale. Or Yale. Okay. I, know, worse, I don't even know what it is. Yeah, Let's say one? Harvard. I know it's in Cambridge. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. The universe of people is very small. And um, so of that, obviously, you're going to lop off half of them for gender. And then you're going to lop off a huge number for the number of, you know, whatever your age demographic is and whatever mm-hmm. your religious demographic is and however smart you want them. And everybody at Yale wants somebody smart. And, and the number comes down, I mean, it's incredibly small. But so this this guy said, his girlfriend said, you know, what what were the odds that we met? You know, that you're the one. And he was like, yeah, it's only like one in a thousand and twelve or something. And she was <laughs> not struck by his romanticism. She's like, that's a horrible thing to say. And, and, you know, I mean, this notion that there's one person out there. I think yeah. we all have baggage and you just have to find the person who has the baggage you can stand. Right? Yeah. That guy sounds like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something exactly he would right. say, you know. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, well, myth number two are, um, is that two people in a good relationship automatically grow closer with time. A good relationship is the product of constant care and nurturing. If you think about it, that this myth goes against what we know about achieving anything good in life. For example, how do you people stay physically fit? Certainly not by fantasizing about it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Well, I don't know what you do, Nathan, but you're doing a good job there, kid. So (laughs) keep it up. Keep doing that. You must be fantasizing pretty well. Uh, A healthy body takes constant attention and work. Um, The same is true for healthy relationships. Yeah, I know. It's hard, you know, after 19 years. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say after 19 years, my former husband and I are still good friends, Gary, Mm -hmm. um, with my current husband, Larry. (laughs) 
<laughs> is that true? Yeah. Gary, Gary and Larry. Gary and Larry. I've married to Larry Zero. <laughs> that is and um, so Gary and Larry hang out at the holidays. and um, Do they really? Yeah. Talk oh, me, make fun of me behind my that? back. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's pretty good. But it's because, um, because I did work at that marriage. We worked very, very hard. And we um, learned to communicate. And... Um, you know, did a lot of counseling and all of those things. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you go to counseling, you know, when there's a problem, you know, to save a marriage. But um, we just kind of went all along, you know, in, through church activities and groups, too. You can you can get a lot of help. Um, you know, just be- for the mere fact, I was 21 when I got married, which is so young. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't know anything. And, um, you know, my parents weren't weren't happily married, so I really had no examples to go by. So I, I got a lot of training, and um, it really made a difference. Even if your relationship doesn't work out, it just on a personal level, you can grow as a person yeah. and, and still maintain those friendships. And it's great for my children, too, you know, to see that as an example. Yeah. So, um, oh, another, this is kind of interesting. It says, relationships are very much like living organisms. It is constantly changing as the years pass. Partners are not always going to feel close or affectionate toward one another. There are times... Uh, when you're going to be angry and um, wonder why you even decided to get married in the first uh, place. But getting past those rough spots is an important part of growing closer. So working through, yeah, you have to work if you want it to work. Um, Myth number three, when couples argue, it destroys the relationship. And I love this myth because I tend to speak emphatically sometimes and dramatically and I think my husband feels like it's an argument mm-hmm. and I think most men feel like that like if I don't do you feel like that Nathan like if a girl's like Nathan you didn't call me <laughs> <laughs> or Nathan you didn't call me <laughs> yes those are vastly different <laughs> yeah <laughs> do I feel that it's it's an affront is that is that the uh... yeah like are you afraid to argue or if you get in an argument is it like we shouldn't argue or is it okay to argue with you? I think it's fine. I, I think oh, it okay. presents an opportunity to compromise. Like oh we do have differences. Oh that's great. Okay well, let's work this one out if that's possible. I it's not. I'm pretty sure it's not that simple. <laughs> no, but that's actually really great that you have that um, you know m- demeanor about it because most men, um, most people think um, that arguing is bad and. Um, so it says, couples often enter a relationship, relationship believing that arguing is bad. They expect things to go smoothly with maybe a few minor bumps along the way. Then they run into familiar, from the familiar struggles of money, sex, children, or, um, you know, sharing and sharing responsibilities. Um, but if you don't recognize that all couples confront these problems, you may feel that something is wrong with your relationship. Some couples choose to distance themselves from each other more than uh, more than fight. So they would rather just avoid each other than fight at all. And then what ends up happening is, in the end, many of these partners let their relationships fall apart because um, the rift became too big and they just can't make their way back to each other. Yeah. No, so. I think that's common. I think that's common. It'd be interesting to talk about, uh, probably on another show, but it'd be interesting to talk about when you feel like it's just too much, you know, like when the differences are too much or when you've both worked too hard and it's just, yeah. you know, I mean, I guess everybody has to arrive at that at their own conclusion, you know, yeah. what they're willing to live with and what they aren't. But yeah, like you can keep talking about it and talk and work it out and making compromises. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to love and respect each other. And mm-hmm. I think if the love and respect isn't there... It doesn't matter how much, you know, yeah, right. how, how evenly you divide the household chores or, right. <laughs> you know. Or even if you love and respect each other, but you've hit whatever the issue is that's just a stalemate, that you're like, I love you, I think you're awesome, but, you know, here's the issue, and we just can't get past it. Yeah, like, the, it could be a very specific issue about having children, right? you know, or how much money I'm allowed to spend on shoes and stuff like that. <laughs> For example. For <laughs> Just As a random example. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, doesn't even really relate to me. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so myth number four, pursuing your own individual needs is incompatible with making a relationship uh, work. The myth comes from the expectation that happy couples must do everything together. Not so. Couples who buy into that myth soon find that one or both of the partners begins to feel trapped. Mm-hmm. So, do you and your husband do everything together, Marie? Very little. 
No, really, seriously. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think, um, you know, we set aside time to go out and, and be together, but we are both fiercely independent and we're both fiercely introverted. Mm-hmm. And um, he has really high, strong, um, I'm learning this about for myself but he has really high strong boundaries and he just needs a lot of personal time so yeah he goes off on you know he's really into photography so he goes off on weekend journeys on his own and i do weekends on my own and it i really think it's um i really think it sort of saved us and we both come back with kind of interesting tales to share and yeah you know, I, I think early on in relationships, you get a little bit more insecure about letting the other person go off and do their own thing. But I don't know, maybe after 14 years, you're like, oh, do it. Yeah, I think <laughs> early early in my first marriage, I was more like glued at the hip. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, that I'm an adult and have my own life and my husband, who I married when, you know, he's in his 50s and he had never been married. He certainly had a really amazing life with tons of wonderful friends. And he still he still likes to go. I'm the more introverted one, believe it or not, the one on the radio. Dang. <laughs> um, and I love to be at home. And I don't. And I'm not a big partier, or, you know, drinker. So, and my husband isn't either. But he likes to go out and socialize. And he loves to talk to people. Mm. And um, so, therefore, he has so many friends because he talks to them and he asks them questions. And um, and he does this wine tasting trip every year, and I don't really drink wine. And so he goes on it. This last year, he went on it on his own. And he was like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm totally fine. That would be no problem. <laughs> and we're learning. He's learning to, you know, like he went out with his buddies last night. And I was like, go for it. I need to go home and just ha- do my thing and have my space and quiet time. And um, it's really nice. But I think it's it's awkward because sometimes couples are like oh you're not together there's something wrong i know oh people love i mean yeah we could do another show on how much people other people love to undermine your relationships but oh, people love that's to, a good way to pull that in nice yeah no i think other segue. people love to undermine people's relationships because they want the dirt and they want to feel better about their own relationships and they you know i think that's totally common i have yes. a friend who's constantly needling us oh it sounds like there's a problem here and oh <laughs> he said that and how did you feel about that and yeah. you know just clearly picking Picking scabs that aren't even there, you know, yeah. like trying to stir up trouble. Yeah, trying to create scabs or yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, go watch Real Housewives. We're fine. Seriously, <laughs> I know. And this is a guy that does it. He loves Oh, it. interesting. Yeah, he loves to do it. I know. That's so It's kind of entertaining, but it's... <laughs> well, they say some relationships require more togetherness and others more independence. But each couple needs to have a sense of how these domains overlap. The trick is to finding balance of togetherness and self-reliance that works for you. So it sounds like we have found a pretty happy medium with both of our spouses and how, you know, having a healthy relationship. Have you ever had a problem, Nathan, with um, a relationship where you had, you know, that you needed to give more time or you felt like you weren't giving enough or vice versa? You're like, no, I would wish I'd like had to? a relationship yeah. that had like more time to. <laughs> I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Um, <laughs> how tall are you? <laughs> how much do you weigh? <laughs> you just smile there and you sit and smile and look pretty. It's pretty, yeah. <laughs> Nathan's a pretty, pretty host. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty. No, we were just saying, you know, has anyone like ever wanted more time from you or did you want more time with them? And was that ever a problem? Probably my parents. Yeah. Oh, so that's interesting because yeah. that's, a, that's a relationship as well. And they, you felt like, you know, they wanted more time with you. Um, actually. No, I Nathan think... wants more time with them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something I initiated. Oh. Yeah, because both my parents, they work um, full-time jobs and they're out late. Um, they come back and, you know, I mean, every once in a while, you know, I ask them, oh, how are you doing at work, you know. Um, I actually ask them that every day, you know, how was work? And sometimes I make dinner for them. Um, but I... You know, I really appreciate that, you know, I mean, they're both immigrants and they came to this country. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the whole immigrant story, how, you know, we came to America and yeah. now we're supporting our kids. And now you guys are going to college. But I think it's great uh, for the children to initiate, like, a relationship with their parents, like, you know, on the weekend, spend some time with them, talk to them. I mean, I sit with my parents every night at the dinner table and I talk about my day and they talk about their day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's, it's a natural way to bond. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I hope my kids are listening. If you're listening, you guys, I want you to be more like Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> we all want 
<laughs> we want to marry Nathan and have our kids like Nathan. I want him to, I want to adopt you. My children are at that age now where they both moved out, they live on their own, and they're busy. And, you know, they don't want to necessarily uh, spend time with mom or dad. They have, um, you know, things that they want to do um, on their own. So myth number six is... Um, Let's see. The goal of relationship is for both partners to get exactly what they want. Um, this is a notion that relationships are a way to achieve fulfillment in relative... Uh, hold on, I can't see this. It's so dark in here. Um, the notion that relationships are a way to achieve fulfillment is relatively new. For a long time, people married out of economic necessity to have children. Now, many people think of a good relationship as a road to personal satisfaction. So, let's see here. Uh, many complaints about relationships um, go something like this. Uh, I am not as happy with him anymore. I don't feel fulfilled. Such complaints are a result of overblown and misguided expectations. Um, you may see, see signs that the myth is interfering with a relationship. One of the partners might say, if you loved me, you would do this, like spend more time with the family or make love to me more often or take the vacation I want or not criticize me so much or do more chores. And a lot of people, um, you know, kind of throw that out there as like, okay, you know, you have to behave the way I want you to. They should. Yeah. <laughs> In our case. <laughs> All right. So. You have a caller. Oh, we do have a caller. Are you ready? Who's the Who's on the phone? I don't know. He's a mystery man. Are you I'm ready? A mystery man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hello, Hi, caller. You're on KUCI. This is Elizabeth Zero. It is Elizabeth Zero. Do you have any advice in guys' relationships where the female doesn't give a bicycle back? <laughs> <laughs> Who am I speaking with? My name is Chris. I'm a bartender. Oh, hi, Chris. It sounds like a guy I know named Joe, but uh, I'm so glad you asked that. You know, um, Chris, a lot of uh, a lot of women are angry at the end of a relationship because they feel that their emotional needs didn't get met, or maybe that guy showed up in shorts and sneakers to dinner. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But. Um, what they does it, do, they does it depend on the color of the shorts. Yeah, especially if they're orange, um, with green sneakers. But you know what ends up happening is that uh, women hold on to, um, in all seriousness, women do hold on to your property or something um, as a way of kind of still holding on to you. So because if she's holding on to your bike, then she still has a little piece of you, and you have to let it go, Joe. Let it go. Thanks for your call, Joe. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Joe. Get a new bike. Get a new bike. <laughs> and a new pair of shorts, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. We have a fan base. too. <laughs> I feel like there's a history between you and Joe. Uh, Joe, actually, we call him Ferrari Joe. Oh, Ferrari Joe. Uh, yeah, that's for, that was Ferrari Joe. So I told, I told most of my friends, I'm like, don't call me on the radio. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but you know what? Since nobody else called, you guys can call if you it's want. Good. Well, I'll talk good. to you guys. I'll, uh, I'll remind our listeners, you're listening to The Chat Room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are streaming on the web at KUCI.org, and uh, we are taking your calls, 949-824-5824, 949-UCI-KUCI, or you can email us at thechatroom at KUCI.org. And today we are talking about ways we undermine our relationships, or as I like to say, my favorite ways to, uh, to mess with the people I love. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we all kind of do because we know we can sort of get away with it. Um, so here's another way that we undermine our partners or ex-partners. Um, it, oftentimes it happens in our differences in parenting choices. Mm. Um, James Lehman writes for the Empowering Parents Online, and he asks the question, what do you do when your partner or ex-partner doesn't parent the same way you do? So I hear this a lot. And this actually happened to me a little bit initially in the beginning of my divorce because, um, you know, the kids realized, oh, they could play us against each other. And then we got wise and said, no, you can't tell me, you know, or make stuff up right. about your father or mother. And we'd call each other and say, well, this is what they said about you. And he was like, what? He's like, this is what they said about you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, well, you know, it's not true. He's like, well, I didn't know. And I'm like, well, I didn't know. And 
My daughter's teacher said, I promise I'll only believe half of what you tell, they tell me about you if you only believe half of what you, they tell, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I only believe half the stuff. My kid's a liar. Just, <laughs> right. right. He's right. going through a stage, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, kids do that to pit their parents against each other, and um, it's really, it really makes me sad, especially when you see, you know, there's a lot of celebrity divorces going on, and you and those get played out, and um, it's really hard on the children, you know, because they have they feel like they have to pick sides. Well, it's but, hard because, you know, w- before we got married, there were a whole host of issues that we really tried to talk through, but we had never been parents before, so who knows what you're going to be like? Who knows what's important to you until you're in the moment? So that was one of those really important issues. We do parent different, but that was one of those really important issues that it was hard to talk about in the abstract because, you know, well, I'd like our kid to eat nutritionally. Well, doesn't that sound great? I'm on board for that too. But what does that really mean when you're in the moment and they're Marshmallows. screaming? Marshmallows. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, no. And tortilla true. chips. Yeah. Yeah, so when you're in the moment and they said, I want to stop at McDonald's, and they're like, that would be great, I'm tired, and the other one's like, you said you wouldn't, you know. Oh, totally, yeah. Well, I think a lot of that comes out, too, when you're um, a new parent and that the way that you were parented starts to kind of surface. Oh, and, of my course, God. we all, you know, unless we're living somewhere in the far deep south, we didn't have the same parents, hopefully. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, yeah, I think all of your issues come back to haunt you and really mm-hmm. ugly ways. Well, this article um, gives some great advice. It says, if you or your partner disagree over how to handle your child's behavior, it should never be discussed in front of your child, period, because it hurts both parents. That's because your child is going, and then your child's going to question both of you. Sometimes kids feel like they have to choose sides. When one parent is stuck in a role of disciplinarian and the other is the nice guy, we call that good cop, bad cop. <laughs> Um, if you're tired of playing the role of bad cop, you need to take, uh, talk to your partner and say, hey, you know, can you take the lead on this because I'm starting to look like a real jerk (laughs) and the kids are mad at me. It's funny. We had a situation come up recently where she wanted to wear like Heelys to school, like roller skates to school. (laughs) And I'm always the bad cop. So I thought, okay, here's such an easy time that he can be the good cop. I mean, he can be the bad cop. You yes. know, it's such an easy call. No brainer. No brainer. So I said, go ask your dad. You know, Keely's are those sneakers that are roller skates, right? right. I mean, ab- absolutely yeah. not allowed at school, right? So it's just an easy call. So I said, go ask your dad. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, are you insane? Really? Are you insane? It <laughs> <laughs> went through your mind right then. Yeah. Well, so Mr. Zero doesn't have any children. And, uh, we thought about adopting one, like an older one from our community, but I had to remind them, like, well, you know, you can't come home and have a martini and sit in the hot tub. You have to do homework and drive them places. And <laughs> no so way. It sort of killed that Please. idea. <laughs> do you ever um, talk about ways to undermine your relationships? Do you ever parent your spouse? Do you feel yourself doing that? No, I never do that. <laughs> oh, look, it's my husband calling. <laughs> um, you know, I, I do do that. I do that. Unfortunately, I undermine almost all my relationships doing that. Mm-hmm. I, um, and, you know, and people who, do, people who do it to me, I find, like, horribly annoying. Um, but, I, but I also know that it's something that's just sort of a nurturing aspect of my personality. If you tell me you're sick, I'll make a list of all the herbs and vitamins you need to go buy. Or I'll cook you chicken soup. Or I will do these mothering things. And my husband, you know, poor um, Mr. Zero has never, you know, has been on his own. He hasn't had someone, you know, taking his temperature <laughs> orally. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or, yeah, you know, or like, you know, oh, you need to do this. Or, and he's just like, got it, got it. Right. And he always says, how did I survive? Exactly. How did I make it 50 years without you? Yeah, and, I'm, <laughs> and I just say, I have no idea in the world. It's a miracle. <laughs> it is. It's a miracle. I can't. It's not even that as much. I, I do that, too. But I, um, I do find myself, and I don't know if, if it's because I over-identify with my spouse or if, but if, if we're in social situations and he does something that I think is inappropriate, um, yeah, it's sort of, it's not even a reprimand, but kind of, you know, it kind yeah. of is. It's sort of like, don't, you know, don't do that or say goodnight or, you know. Well, yeah, oftentimes, you know, um, our spouse is a reflection of us, or we think our spouse or our girlfriend or boyfriend is a reflection of us. So, you know, when we're, and they kind of are, I mean, to some degree, but you really shouldn't make it all about that. Like, for instance, my husband was wearing clothes that, you know, were like from the 19, 
70s or something. I don't know when. <laughs> Maybe they were new, but they just were. They disco. Disco clothes. And they weren't the- bad, but, you know, I'm a really stylish person. Thank you. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and um, so when I met him, I was like, I, you know, when we got married, I just started throwing things away and buying him really stylish clothes. And I like that. You know, I'm a visual person and I'm like, you know, so when we go out, he's like, is this okay if I wear this? And I'm, I feel bad sometimes because it's like, well, I'm not his mother, but I'm like, yeah, that, that looks better than that. You look hot in that. So, and I think it's always a double standard too. Like women should be allowed to insist that our men look good, you know, and not, you know, women are held to such a high standard. Right. It seems like. Right. Right. Generally speaking. I know so many women who pack for their guys, like for a trip, like they pack their guys clothes and they do all their guys clothes shopping and. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds sort of mothery to me. But. I, I do that, but it's honestly because my husband works 14 hours a day, and mm. and oh. it's just as a favor, right. you know. Right. So. I know it's a hard line to cross. Like, am I helping you? Am I... Yeah. I told him, I said, what if I, if I start to really get busy and work more, we're going to have to hire a maid and get some help. And he's like, no. He's like, if you get <laughs> work more, I'm quitting my job. I'll take care of you. I was like, okay. Good. Good. So I'm looking forward to <laughs> He keeps telling me, can I quit? Can I quit yet? <laughs> So not yet, honey. Not yet. Hang in there. Aww. So, um, well, this is interesting that you say that because when one um, parent is stuck in the role of disciplinarian, oh no, we already, I already read that. I'm sorry. Uh, kids are natural manipulators, just like puppies. <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> so true. That's my mom said kids are not like puppies, and I think that's wrong. It's like a lot of poo and whining and no, they're like puppies. going to the park and snuggling and yeah. No, they are. Playing. Chewing your good shoes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ruining things. Ruining the furniture. Um, So they're like puppies. It's a survival skill. Children will naturally try everything they can to manipulate their environment, and that includes manipulating their parents. And adults, like you brought up, Marie, do the same thing. Um, Have you ever tried to manipulate your boss when you wanted something, or do you remember trying to manipulate your own parents when you were a teenager? No. Crazy, Nathan. Did you do you manipulate your parents? Um, perhaps when I was younger, but I think more so I would just you know tell them outright, all right, mom and dad, you know, this is what I want. Um, you know, it's up to you if you would like to give it to me or not, and then they would give me their answer. But I wouldn't try manipulating them really that much. Oh my gosh, I love this kid. I know. I know. You're, You're wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to make sure if my kids didn't hear it, they're going to hear it. <laughs> Listen to this. Did your brother do it? Like, are you the good kid and your brother's the bad? You know, I think we have our on and off days. Um, days we, we both play the, the good kid and the bad kid on um, one day and the other. Um, but did my brother ever manipulate my parents? That's, that's hard to say. I want, I wouldn't really call it manipulating, but he would, you know, try to try to justify. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. That's a that's a nice way to say he was manipulating. <laughs> did you ever try to manipulate your parents? Any funny stories about that? Oh God, yeah. No, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. I just you know, my my parents went through their very um ugly caustic divorce when I was fourteen. Oh me too. I was fourteen. So, too. Yeah, I think it's just such a hard time to do yeah. that to a daughter, you know. So you're trying to get your own kind of sexual identity going and theirs is falling apart and they're both starting to date again. I have a brother who's way younger, so he was a toddler and I was staying at home taking care of him, you know, while she was going out on dates rather than, you know, going out on dates myself in high school. So yeah, it was, you know, I think my my time was sort of an anomaly, but um, yeah, yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I definitely manipulated her, but it was, it, it was a weird relationship of, you know, kind of me being the mom and mm-hmm. her kind of being the wild teenager while she was, you know, yeah, dating again after some period of years. So <laughs> it was, I don't know, it was, it was a crazy time. Yeah, my parents were definitely kind of doing the same thing, having their fun. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because you you sort of hold your parents up to this high standard and they're asexual after, you know, the age of 25, right? Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't have lives and they right. shouldn't be totally devoted to you 100% of their days. And and when I think about it, you know, now I'm the age they were when they were getting divorced in my 40s. And dang, you know, yeah, <laughs> I held them up to these standards that nobody could probably meet. But um, yeah, and, and nor did they. 
I might add, they did not meet those. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's hard. I, I definitely, I don't know if I had to, my parents were like pretty big, like they were riding motorcycles and hippies and partiers, so... I was, I think if I was manipulating them, I was like trying to get them to notice me, you know, like, look, I did this or, um, you know, stay home and don't go out and party or, you know, they were great. They did a lot of good, right things too. But, um, it was, um, I would, I would behave badly or poorly, um, to get their attention because behaving well really didn't seem to make a difference either way and it was more fun to be bad so yeah i don't know if that's the generation if it you know growing up in the 70s mm-hmm. you know we just were being raised by crazy wolves you know <laughs> it seems to be the trace it's the um early saturday night live you yeah know, exactly saturday generation night fever, yeah or yeah. saturday night fever generation yeah they were doing the hustle rather than you know putting dinner on the table i don't know what they were doing but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, they were doing the hustle. No, they were. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, they were. They were. I mean, my my dad was a pilot, and my mom was a flight attendant, so they were just crazy. I mean, they were leading some sort of you know cliched life of of Pan Am flight attendants on oh wow ABC or something. Yeah. No, oh, that sounds friend. pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, for all, but it's it's got its downsides. I don't know if they showed the the marriage at home while everybody's you know <laughs> off. <laughs> flying the happy skies. Well, what's interesting about that too is, you know, the media really undermines our relationships and by showing us. And back then, you know, we were seeing things like, um, I dream of Jeannie. Oh, you can have a relationship with a fantasy girl who's magic. Exactly. (laughs) And when you don't want her around, send her to her bottle. Or, you know, you have... enormous breasts. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, all the different relationships, leave it to Beaver and Happy Days. My dad always used to tell me, I'm not going to be Mr. C from Happy days so get over it i love you but you're gonna have to get over it and that's what i wanted i want mr c you know right um but then you've got bewitched who's another fantasy witch all the all the shows that were on in that era you know gilligan's island they were all trying to escape from the reality of life you know and what was really going on in the 70s is um well wasn't it like vietnam 60s and 70s yeah right yeah so um you know that's the reality and and we were being sold by, um, you know, television started to become really popular. And then you have all those um, advertisements and selling us, oh, you're, if you're going to be the perfect housewife, you need this. Right. And so we really had this image of what a relationship should look like or be like. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, everybody's drinking themselves into the gutter and, uh, yeah, smoking, whatever. Yeah. Whatever they're smoking. <laughs> yeah. What no, no. The yeah, and, and, yeah, and the guys coming back from Vietnam with all of their screwed up problems. But let's not talk about that, you know. Yeah, and not really giving... I think now more than ever we have the tools to have healthy relationships. And with that, if you still want to get a call in, um, we're taking calls at 949-824-5824 at KUCI.org and KUCI 88, 88.9 FM. We're your hosts on the chat room. And um, so... This is interesting. It says, if you disrespect your partner or ex in front of your kids or talk about them behind your back, you're setting them them up for a serious situation. Eventually, your kids are going to feel like they don't have to respond to your partner. They'll manipulate that by saying, mommy doesn't make me do that, or daddy said I could. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think we've all said it, and we've all heard it. The other thing I do, or that I used to do, that I've, I've learned my way out of is communi- is talking about my significant other to friends, you know, sort of, because it's so seductive, you know, you're out to lunch with your girlfriends and you're drinking wine and, you know, you start complaining about the guy at home and all the things he does to totally annoy the crap out of you. And uh, it's so seductive and, and women love to hear it. So they're, you know, urging you on and no spill your, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you stop getting invited to parties because your friends hate your significant other right you've told them too much or you know you've divulged yeah i mean you definitely you just feel bad about you know whenever you're doing it you feel crappy about yourself for doing it yeah you know and then nobody likes your spouse right yeah (laughs) and they'll use it against you you know you think you're confiding in a close friend but oftentimes you know they're just reveling in your misery and happy that it's not them or They'll spread that news, and then you know the telephone game is, oh, you know, you, you tell your friend, oh, he was, you know, told me, I, you know, he was mad at me, and then it's like, 
the friend says, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, no, it's getting totally a divorce true. or, you know. Yeah, it's totally true. It's totally true. Yeah. I don't know. So, so it's, um, yeah, it's not a good thing to do, but it is, it feels so good in the moment, you know, I, cause I think this is how women love to bond. You know, you like to bond on the backs of other people. <laughs> you do, you do, but you have to be careful who you, um, who you talk to about it, especially if you're going through relationship trials. I think it's really important to know, you know, talk to a therapist. That's the main person you should be talking to. And it may be one friend confide yeah. in, but yeah, it's really hard when you have information, um, you know, your friend's um, partner, you know, that they really hurt that person. It's going to be hard to repair, you know, not, not only are, is that friend not part of you repairing your relationship, but then now that there's a whole nother relationship that needs to be repaired right. between your friend and your significant other. And you're, you're right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many pitfalls. Yeah. It's really, it's amazing. We get along at all. Okay. <laughs> I know. I should um, mention something else about the writer Yashir Ali. Um, let me see if I can find it in my notes here. But he's going to be uh, writing a book. And he's actually a pretty good writer. He has a, a lot of great columns. Um, and uh, let's see. It says uh, he writes... Um, well, I guess I didn't include that information. Oh, no, I did. It's here. Yashar, Yashir. It's spelled Y-A-S-H-A-R Ali will soon be releasing his first short e-book entitled A Message to Women from a Man You Are Not Crazy, How We Teach Men That Women Are Crazy, and How We Convince Women to Ignore Their Instincts. And he's been featured, um, you know, on the Current Conscious website, which is a great website mm. online if you've ever mm. want to check it out and get some great articles that are empowering and help us grow and become the best people we can be. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Good topic today. I know, right? It was good. It was good. I think next week, um, Nathan and I are going to talk about um, the dating do's and don'ts. Ooh. Yeah. That'll be a long show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll miss you guys next week. I, I know. We will. We'll miss you, Marie. Oh. You have been tuned into the chat room. We are here every Friday evening at 5 o'clock. Elizabeth Zero, Nathan Tang, and me, Marie Stone. And uh, check out our podcast. If you missed any or all of this show or some of our other shows, you can check us out at KUCI.org slash talk. Uh, you can sort of scroll down to our uh, chat room. And there are archives of all of our past shows up there. Uh, we stream through the web, so if you can't get us on 88.9 FM, you can get us uh, live on the web at KUCI.org. And uh, email us in the interim. If you, uh, if you wanted to lob a call in but you were nervous, I understand. You can always email us your stories. They can be confidential. We can share them, whatever you want to do. Email us at the chat room at KUCI.org. That's all the time we have for today. We'll be right back here with you next um, Friday afternoon, Friday evening. And, uh, Friday. Very, very exciting. All right. We uh, will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in.